Hi, Sophia. Hello, Austin. How are you today? I'm super excited because today we have a very special guest and I'm trying to remain calm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you five minutes of freak out time. <laughs> okay, I'll try to keep it towards the end. Um, but I, I do want to say hi first. So well, hi, Cassandra. I'm from the iconic account Jane Austen Meme on Instagram. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, um, Sophia and Austin, for having me on today. I've never been asked to be on a podcast before, so I hope I uh, I do my account proud. We're so thrilled. Yeah, the, the account is already proud. This is the best. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to start off like saying a little bit about you. Like, obviously, you're a big Jane Austen fan, but what are the things you like to read and genres you like and whatnot? Um, sure. My name is Cassandra and um, I'm an architect uh, by trade, um, but I've always been a big Jane Austen fan since the uh, 2005 movie came out. It's controversial to, to say, um, <laughs> to pick a side uh, in the 05-95 debacle, but um, I was 14 when the 2005 movie came out and I'd never heard of Jane Austen before. Um, and I was just like entranced by the movie. Um, we had rented it from the uh, the gas station near my house um, because people were still renting movies, physical movies back then. Um, but what an I alien just... concept. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, uh, I guess um, I was in high school at the time, and I. Um, I guess junior high school, but I got the book immediately and read it and, and just ate it up completely. And um, I don't know, I've always been a fan of Jane Austen. Um, I, I had read all the books back then, except for, except for one of them, but <laughs> I didn't, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it back then, but I am now. And um, I don't, I had always liked, I had always liked I got like in a phase in middle school where I got really into reading classic literature. And so um, that was that was kind of, uh, I don't know, Jane Austen stood out from that. It's hard to say. I feel like I'm a bit of an embarrassment because I'm not actually a very good reader. Like people, people ask like, oh, what do you like to read? And I'm just like, I don't even read that much. Um, I'm just a huge Jane Austen fan. Uh, I guess, you know, I have read all. I did always read the Harry Potters. Um, I just recently read John Krakauer's Into Thin Air, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, and um, I, I just kind of, I don't know. I just read where the spirit takes me. I guess I'm not, I'm not married to a genre or anything. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty quick to lay something down if I'm not if it's super not super interesting to me I I sometimes I've also really enjoy audiobooks um mm -hmm. and I love comfort reading and that's probably why I do a lot of Jane Austen but also you Canadians might appreciate this I listened to this one Rachel McAdams copy of Anne and Anne of Green Gables mm -hmm. um mm. which I hadn't it's a Rachel McAdams recorded it and she I hadn't heard it in my childhood, so I only read it as an adult, and it's just so like heartwarming. I'll be like listening at work and like tears streaming down oh. my face. <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> but I read like Game of Thrones as well, which I I really enjoyed those books. Um, so 
I just, you know, you probably can tell I'm super into pop culture um, as well as classics. So I just read what I read, what I come, what I, when I get the urge, I guess. It's amazing. Best way to do it. Yeah. I wanted to circle back because I feel like something you said really resonated where like so many people I talk to are like, oh, I'm not a big reader. I'm just a Jane Austen fan. And it's like its own like kind of like subculture of reader. And I just find it so impressive. And like everyone is so um, invested in it in like different ways. And it's so creative. Like I, I feel like that's one of the oldest kind of like, I, this is not the word for it, but like fandoms around. Like it's just so established and it's so like constantly evolving, constantly getting better. And it's just so true. Like you know, it really captures people. It's just like truly shocking how amazing of a writer she is. And people, some people get caught up in the surface of the romance of it, but mm-hmm. she's truly just like such a keen observer of personalities and and people. And there's so much irony in her work. And, and then there's like, you know, the aspect of the happy ending that like, that you know makes you feel good at the end of the day but so much of it I feel like especially for young women or young people in general um when they're still living at home with their parents and they don't have a lot of say over what happens to them in their lives and who's in charge of them and who they surround themselves with so much of that is encapsulated in like Jane Austen's Regency world because just everybody else is in charge of you and you don't have a lot of agency and you're, but you might, I I think what appeals to a lot of us is that we have big personalities, but we kind of have to keep a lid on it and live within the bounds of the society we're in. And Mm -hmm. she just, she creates such cutting, it's just such cutting impressions of people that, that you encounter. Um, I I just think like her villains, her villains loosely. (laughs) I mean, they're all just people. What's great is like even her villains, they all have such, they all have reasons for becoming the way they are, you know, and, and you can see them so much in the people that you know every day. And um, it's just like, it's just captivating. It's just uh, incomparable how she does it all and then still like makes you feel good at the end. That's like so eloquent. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> like it's so true. She doesn't like even the villains aren't really vilified. Like there's a backstory, and you know at the end it's like, oh, that was terrible. Well, <laughs> like it's just it's really true to life, and I think that's really like I don't think candid is the word, but it's it's a really beautiful way of portraying how things kind of go down sometimes. Um, but yeah, my my next question too is like. What started the account? I have been following this account for so long and I I love it so much. I think it's like so funny. Anytime you post a new meme, it just brightens my day. Like what kind of motivated you to kind of get into it? Um, it's kind of boring really. Like I I obviously we all started um working from home during the pandemic. Yes. And I, I had gotten, I, I'm a big like podcast listener and audiobook listener while I'm at work. And I think I had recently been listening to the audiobook of Mansfield Park. Um, and so I had like Jane Austen on the mind and also like memes were, I, I mean, they had been a big thing, but they were becoming like 
I think I was just on Reddit a lot because um, of the pandemic. And so I, um, I think Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings account on Reddit, the Lord of the Rings subreddit. So. Oh yeah. I've seen that page and there's <laughs> a lot of Star Wars ones too. They, yeah. Yeah. The prequel memes and Lord of the Ring memes, their accounts are just flooded with these just like hilarious memes constantly. And I was really enjoying it. And I, um, went over to the Jane Austen subreddit and I think what happened actually is somebody had posted a meme to the Jane Austen subreddit and I hadn't seen one before and it was it wasn't that good I mean it was fine it was just like I made my boyfriend watch um Pride and Prejudice and he the only way he can get through it is by memeing his way through it and so like he'd like made just like kind of you know he's not that big of a Jane Austen fan obviously so he just started like throwing memes out and I was like oh are there other Jane Austen memes and I I couldn't find any on the subreddit really and I went to Instagram and I was like I just I'm just in the mood for like a big trove of Jane Austen themed memes just to make me laugh and like make me feel connected to Jane Austen and and current day pop culture and um there were a couple accounts and they were just like not super satisfying to me. Um, I think there was the, there was like one account that posted pictures from Jane Austen movies and then put like quotes over them. And it wasn't like my sense of humor. And then there was Jane Austen, Jane Austen humor, which was the biggest account. And, but she did a lot of like, um, reposts of just memes she found from around or things she found. And it wasn't just strictly memes. It was other things as well. And I was just like, I don't know. I wanted more like current pop culture. Cause she, I think she'd gotten a little bit like separated from the page a bit. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I was like, I could probably, I'd never made a meme before. Um, but I was like, how hard can this be? So um, I downloaded Nomadic, which was like a little meme maker and um, they watermark all their memes, but I had downloaded Nomadic just to see, cause they have the memes already loaded onto there. And I was like, I'm just gonna start putting like Jane Austen references, see how it goes. I think I posted one or two to Reddit first, but um, I think the, I think I, I think I saw that like the Reddit Jane Austen page wasn't the main audience for it. Mm. So I Googled how to make an Instagram account, like a, uh, how to make like a themed Instagram account. And I found like an, a WordPress page that was, gave you tips. And it was like, one, make it a business account because then you can see your analytics. And then two, um, use your hashtags search the other accounts like yours and like their stuff, search the hashtag and like those posts to start like building a following. And I was like, all right, this will probably take like, I'll probably do this till the end of the pandemic when we all go back to work and and then we'll be, we'd been in the pandemic, we'd been working from home for like three weeks. I was like, oh, I should have started earlier, but because I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I it was going to be a short ride. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so um, I was like, let's just see how it goes. Um, so that's kind of how it started. That is so amazing. I guess I can just tell you how it went then a little bit. Um, so <laughs> it was pretty slow at first. Um, and I think like it's frustrating when you don't have a lot of followers 
um, to get your stuff reposted and then have it get more likes than you got. And, but I tried not to be, I was like, I'm not going to be petty about this. I kind of, um, I found, I had found the spark notes page. Um, they were doing great. And, but they did a lot of books, not a lot of Jane Austen. And I was like, I'm very narrowly focused here. So, um, I tried to do it like a little bit more of a divorced voice from it. So my personal, like person isn't like, a in the account much like I don't tell you about my life I don't have my name on there like sometimes I every once in a while I will but um I, I mostly make it like a third person and um and it's just like I just do what I think is funniest um I think that's like the most important thing like at first I was I was posting every single day and I was doing these like fan arts once a week um but it was like after a hundred days uh, it got to be like <laughs> a little draining and I felt like I was compromising, compromising the quality of the content by just forcing myself to come out with a post every day. So I started loosening it up a bit and now I just, I post when I find a funny meme because I think um, what's more important than posting a lot is, is just being the funniest. And that's what I find because a shocking amount of Jane Austen meme accounts <laughs> exist now. Um, so I started getting, I, I think your first like 400, your first like a thousand followers are the hardest to get. And mm -hmm. then um, I found that after a thousand, it was just like, um, I don't know, it just started, it just kept going and it didn't stop going. And I think, um, so it slowed down a bit now. I've, I've started to peak, but um I uh <laughs> oh you just hit like 20 25,000 didn't you That's I did yeah congratulations <laughs> thank you well I, deserved I remember my husband and I talking about it at the beginning when I had like 500 followers and he was like wouldn't it be crazy if you got 10,000 and I was like that would be crazy <laughs> um <laughs> and so it's been exciting it's been exciting but it's not it's not too bad really I don't let it go to my head <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes, um, but yeah, so I don't know. That's, that's where I'm at now. That's amazing. I mean, like, I love that, like, I'm, I'm obviously terrible time pandemic, but like you created something good to kind of have like something positive, not only for you, but for all of us who benefit from your amazing humor. It, yeah, so. it's cool to see how it's something like, this seems like it'll be kind of cool to try. I'll try that yeah. and then have it to go to reach that many people. It's just amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I think like what what really blew there were like a couple time things that really like blew me away in, in my experiment experience which was um i think the first december i did it so i must have started it in april or march um but the first december which is jane austen's birthday i like posted a little like thing for her birthday and spark notes um had i don't know saw my post and realized that it was her birthday and they like posted a bunch of their Jane Austen memes and like tagged me and thanked me for re reminding them it was their birthday. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm Sparknotes famous. And then and, uh, one other time was when I posted the Bernie, uh, they had that Bernie Sanders inauguration sitting yeah. thing. I love that one. <laughs> I posted him, I put him in one of um, Emma's, the new 2020 Emma Emma scenes and the director of the film, Autumn DeWild commented and shared my post. God. I was like, 
Oh my God, I'm famous. <laughs> but I am a little upset though because um, Emma 2020 came was coming out right before I started my page, and um, apparently a bunch of like Instagram Jane Austen influencers were sent like Emma themed picnic baskets and films and stuff uh, as pro- part of the promotional tour. But I like missed that boat. Um, and now that now like that per- persuasion is coming out, I'm hoping like. Netflix, you know, sends me a, a basket, but I'm not holding out hope. I was hoping for two baskets because we were supposed to be getting two persuasions, but one of them we've heard is not happening. Tragic. We can start a campaign for that here. With the hashtag <laughs> <for it>. Yeah. <laughs> Get Jane Austen to meet my basket. <laughs> I want it on a shirt that says, I'm Sparknotes famous. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a new thing. That'll spark notes will appreciate that that. that in like your red bubble store just be like it's a collab (laughs) i'll be honest my experience with jane austen has not been too extensive so far i've only really started reading that since we started the podcast but i gotta say i was so surprised like how widespread this trend of jane austen fandom is like what do you think it is that makes it so popular like pretty much everywhere you know, what's interesting is um, I obviously get analytics on my thing. I think I have 97% women and the 3% men. I think it varies between 2 to 4% men, but uh, that's where it's at right now. <laughs> so I think it's pretty clear who uh, it's a, Jane Austen's mostly appealing to. I did, uh, after I started my page, a lot of people in my life started reading Jane Austen, obviously, and I did get my husband to read Pride and Prejudice. Um, and he he really liked it. He was like, wow, I'm not used to reading such like well-written stuff. <laughs> and so um, I think if more men gave it a chance, <laughs> it would appeal to them um, because like I said, I think it gets a rap for being romantic, um, just romance literature, but it's just so much more than that. But I think, I think, I don't know. I, yeah, I think a lot of men just don't get past that hurdle. Um, why do I think it appeals to so many people? It's just like so reflective of, of our lives. (laughs) Like, I don't know. She just speaks right to it. And I think specifically, um, I don't want to say clever, but that is what I'm saying. Just like there's so many like clever young women who feel confined. And I just think that Jane Austen lets them feel seen and lets them feel like less able to be gaslit in a way. Because, you know, when you're surrounded by maybe you're surrounded by people who don't necessarily understand you or think that what you're choosing to do with your life is right. Um, And if you're only surrounded by those people, you can feel quite confined. You can feel maybe like start thinking like maybe there is something wrong with me. But when you get your hands on Jane Austen and you read it, you realize like, no, I'm, I'm okay to be who I am. Like there's more people like me and, um, and there's like a happy ending there for me somewhere. I just have to like be true to myself and, I don't know. And it's just so funny. And it just like helps helps you make fun of other people in your life. Like not in a mean way, but just like Jane Austen likes to take the piss out of people. Um, and I think she, I think like it helps 
it helps you recognize those qualities in, in the people around you and just deal with them a little bit lighter. It really goes to show her strength as a writer that these messages are still speaking to people 200 years later. It's truly shocking. And I'm going to say something a little bit controversial that I haven't really said before. But... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> <We're excited now. laughs> we love hot takes on the show. I'm actually, like, not that into the uh, period drama aspect of Jane Austen. I'm, like, not that taken with Regency, the Regency world. I don't romanticize it in any way, and I don't think Jane Austen romanticizes it. I think she clearly is, like, using the life as she knew it, but as we know it now as the Regency era the Georgian time as as what's as like a, a prison for her heroines as a something a system they're trapped in and that is basically the chief antagonist in their lives and so as far as like I mean I understand about I understand about you know things like Bridgerton um catching on and people and people drawing parallels between Bridgerton and Jane Austen. But to me, I don't see it as super, um, I don't know, I don't see it as super connected. I think Bridgerton with like romanticizing, like, I mean, I guess they there is similar themes about, about how there's limited choice and stuff, but um, I'm not, I'm just not over romanticized. I'm not just super taken with, Regency era in general, I think it does serve an important purpose in Jane Austen's in Jane Austen's work, but um, I, I don't think it's like the most romantic part of the books. No, I would agree with that. I feel like she's so much more down to earth. You know what I mean? Like it just feels like you said it's very grounded in reality, and to me, that's like it's much different than like kind of the showier, like oh look at these dresses and blah blah blah, and like. You know, like, I, I feel like the most iconic dress in Pride and Prejudice is when the skirts are muddied. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, not, <laughs> like, that's the dress moment we hear about with Jane Austen. It's not about, like, the opulence and, like, you know. Yeah, I think Jane Austen did something clever in her books where she didn't over-describe her heroines or anything. She really let people's imaginations take it. And I also think it really helped people identify themselves as the characters. Mm-hmm. Um because she she didn't get too caught up in like describing describing their hair color. I mean, I read somewhere that nowhere in Jane, nowhere in Pride and Prejudice does she describe Jane as blonde and Lizzie as brunette. It's just like it's not really a thing. Um, but I don't know. People people can something catches on and and it just keeps going. <laughs> the but, rumor mill. <laughs> yeah, I I like that about her. She kind of lets she lets. I also help thinks it makes it more timeless. She lets people's creativity. But I do want to say I it's I do appreciate like the skill that goes into costuming these things. Like the Emma film was so beautiful. And I do think that Emma being like a, a rich girl, like them taking so much care in her outfit and also um the commitment to that accuracy it just helps create like more more knowledge for us more of a window into the world that that Jane was living in at the time 
And obviously as an architect, I just appreciate, um, I just appreciate like details and, and just like structure and a lot of like structure has to go into those costumes and designs. So it's great to see still. As an architect, I have to ask places like Pemberley and like Northanger Abbey, like, are you visualizing that when you read it or is it more like, like, do you have a different appreciation than the rest of us or? I think, I mean, uh, I don't, uh, since I did see it as a film, uh, Pride and Prejudice first, I know that like uh, Chatsworth House, which is the house used for Pemberley, was like a really exciting place for me to visit when I went to England. Um, it's just like, it is so nice, beautiful. And I think it is really interesting learning about these houses, these big houses and how they like supported the communities. Architecturally, they're obviously pretty um, traditional, um, but it's just stunning to see. Yeah. And a lot of times in Jane Austen, like when people try to like visualize or create like visuals of Jane Austen stuff, there's not there's not like a, a lot of like things, you know, because it's mostly yeah. people and personality based. But it seems like the buildings start taking off like taking on personalities of their own and becoming kind of like the main scenes that people can use to start um I don't know characterizing the books and the and the sections of the books so you'll see like Mansfield Park, Pemberley, Rosings, uh Longbourn and I think all of these houses having their own names too which I think is something that still happens in England um I know my in-laws house has a name <laughs> and so um it's just I think it's it's interesting I and it's uh I don't know. I don't know how to think of it as an architect because obviously I don't, I don't design a lot of traditional buildings, but you still have like an appreciation of the craftsmanship and, uh, and kind of what the house says about the family. Totally. I love it. I feel like I I must've seen this somewhere, but I feel like even like there's like a Buzzfeed quiz of like, which Jane Austen residents are you? You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) If there's not one, we have to petition for one. Oh, amazing. We'll <laughs> add it to the list. You're going to make a second hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> Starting all the campaigns. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, so we know that uh, Pride and Prejudice was kind of your first, like, dip into the world. But what is your, and it's okay to say you don't have one, but do you have a favorite? Is it, like, picking between children? Like, is it too hard? I don't know. No, I have a favorite, and it is Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> Pride and Prejudice is the best book, period, end of sentence. I don't, there's nothing else to say about that. There, it just is. Anyone who tries to say it isn't, is, it's just wrong. It's just the best one. And, you know, people, I think people, uh, maybe people have different opinions based on which heroine they identify with. I think it's pretty clear. I would assume most people identify with Elizabeth Bennett. Most people think they're Elizabeth Bennett. I know it's probably cliche to say, but I also think that I'm funny. I'm sorry. I am funny. And Lizzie's probably one of the only funny heroines in the books. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's basic to say that I identify with Lizzie the most. Um, so, but I, I do love all the other books. Um, I think I, I will, 
So growing up, I did after I read Pride and Prejudice, I did read the other books. I think the order that I read them in was Sense and Sensibility, um, Mansfield Park, and <laughs> I'm going to forget one now. <laughs> I think I read Northanger Abbey. I got I never finished Emma when I did my first initial reading as kids. I um was not like I did not grow up in a privileged family and I I think as a 14-year-old I was reading these books um because I felt seen and I felt a a way to escape in them and I felt like Emma at the time to me was a bit of an obstacle um cuz I couldn't identify with the character. Funny enough, I think I did really enjoy the film Clueless, but I I never um <laughs> knew the parallels at that time. Um I would say like actually a huge factor in winning me over with Emma in the end and making me forcing me to revisit a bit was Autumn de Wilde's 2020 Emma. I I think Bill Nye is like a revelation in that film. I mean, he's amazing. He's so funny. And Johnny Flynn is a dream. And obviously Anya Taylor-Joy is a sensation. And I just think like everything about the film was like, was peak, was great. Um, and I just, I really appreciated it. That's like a, a new modern take on Austin. Um, but I think I missed a book. Do you guys know which one I missed? Talking about Northanger Abbey, Mansfield Park, Pride and Prejudice. Sense and Sensibility. Persuasion? Persuasion. Ah, Persuasion was, uh, I think I read Persuasion um, maybe after Sense and Sensibility before before Northanger Abbey. Um, I think at the time Persuasion was my second favorite book. (gasps) I think it still is my second favorite book, if I'm being honest. I like it. Okay. You haven't read it. I don't. It's a crime. It's a crime. I you know what's amazing is um I recently discovered that there was an alternate ending to persuasion. Um so Jane Austen, so Jane Austen destroyed most of her uh manuscripts and and um all of a lot of her letters were destroyed by her sister Cassandra after her death. Um so we don't know that much about Jane. Um and uh, we don't know that much about her previous drafts of books, but I think the only surviving manuscript there is is an alternate ending to Persuasion. <laughs> and um, she, I think she decided she wasn't entirely happy with it, but then she like went to bed and w- just like had a good idea and woke up and rewrote the whole ending. Wow. And so like obviously the here and the heroine is still end up together, spoiler warning, but um, it's Jane Austen guys, come on. And, uh, but it was like, I, I read it and it was just like, it's such a treasure. It felt, I, I, the Jane was right as she is about most things and that her, her approved final ending was the best ending, but having this just like extra piece of Jane, since we don't have that much of her work, um, since she passed away, uh, 41 and, um, only wrote six finished novels. Um, I, it just was such a treasure, uh, so great to read, to spend some more time with the characters and that world. It's just like, it was great, but I think Persuasion is my second favorite. Um, and then the other books, Emma, Sense and Sensibility, Northanger Abbey, Mansfield Park, to be honest, um, 
I understand why some people don't like Mansfield Park, but it, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about it. So I have to put it maybe as my third favorite book. I, she's so trapped in that, she's so trapped in that house and it's just, there's so many bad actors and it's just, um, so weird. Some of the choices Jane makes, but I just, the characters are just so unparalleled sense and sense, uh, sense and sensibility, Emma and, uh, and, uh, um, Northanger Abbey, they kind of like share, share the spots after that. Um, I think Emma's, Emma after 2020 was um, definitely moved up for me. Um, and another thing, another book that I um, love is Lady Susan, which was, um, it's not a full novel. It's, oh my God, I'm going to mispronounce this. A pop, ep, ep, epistolary novel. Oh, Do you guys know what I'm saying? Epistolar, epistolar. Ah, I can never. <laughs> I, I have enough friends who are English majors to know what you're talking about. <laughs> Epistolary novel. So that, <laughs> so that refers to a work of fiction that is written in the form of letters. So um, Jane Austen basically tells the story through letters people are writing to one another. Um, and it is so much fun. And it's just like, it's so, she creates... The main character is this villainous Lady Susan, mm-hmm. and but like, I get her. Like, I just get it. <laughs> and recently, um, I not recently, but a um, movie came out called um, Love and Friendship. It, I think it's on Netflix, which is based on Lady Susan. Um, it's kind of confusing to people because Love and Friendship is a title of a story of Jane's from ju- her juvenilia, um, her writings when she was young. But when they were making Lady Susan, they didn't think Lady Susan was a good enough title. So they borrowed Love and Friendship because they thought it better identified it as a Jane Austen novel, you know, with the cadence of Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, Love and Friendship. So it is a source of confusion for people. But um, I, I did enjoy that movie. It's it's quick. It's quick pace. So you have to keep the captions on to understand what's going on. But it's such a it's such a good time. And it's such a good adaptation of that story. Amazing. Sorry, Austin's checking on something. Oh, oh, you know, it's the Toronto sirens, I bet you. <laughs> Is it? So I'm right on the main street of Toronto. There was just like a big bike rally that just came right by my building. And now there's an anti-vaccine parade coming by. <laughs> so sorry if that's background noise. But... I can't hear anything. Okay. I couldn't either. <laughs> sorry. Um, Super distracting. <laughs> sorry. I, I could tell we're both like looking down at questions to be like, okay, we need to make sure we ask everything. But um, I was going to ask, um, <laughs> I'm still thinking about love and friendship. Um, okay. So there's all like, they've all been kind of rated, but do you have like a least favorite? Like, is there one, <laughs> like this might be a harder question than like a favorite, but I don't think I have a least favorite. I I think um I think some stories are simpler than others. Uh I think in like fundamentally Northanger Abbey is pretty a pretty simple story um and even sense and sensibility to an extent. Um but I still I still you know would rather read them than 
you know, maybe another classic book like that I hadn't picked up before. I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather just revisit these. I, I think I've read all the Jane Austen books a couple times by now, at least, and I just enjoy you know, all of them. She was a pretty harsh uh, critic of herself and a pretty harsh editor of herself. So she didn't let things skate by that weren't uh, Jane approved. <laughs> Great. Um... I just want to give an update on that anti-vaccine. Really, they have a drum set on wheels trailing at the end. Oh my God. It's an anti-vaccine parade. Oh, yeah. They happen all the time. They carry a big cross in front of them. and I, I would like to say for the record that Jane Austen is uh, has both vaccine. Jane Austen meme has both her vaccine shots and is willing to get a booster at any time. Yeah. We screen our guests before we talk to them on Skype to make sure yeah. they're full of <laughs> No, we're all firm vaccine friends here. I think I, I still have a mask on my little my little Jane Austen meme art. I thought that was great. Check. Yeah. I thought when when things were looking better, I was like, oh, I'll take the mask off, you know, of Jane Austen to uh, celebrate. But I was like, better leave it on for a little bit. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. Honestly, I would too. <laughs> I don't know. It, what, a, what a time to be alive. I wonder what she would say about it. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I mean, if we, it's a good, it's a good thing. Like, you know, they didn't get this pandemic because okay. I don't know, they have less, less options than we do. Yeah, that's true. See, there's two ways to spend a pandemic. You can actually like turn a hobby into something worthwhile with like it's a lot of attention or you can go and show it in the street. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I always say about the Regency era, if, if people ever say like, oh, I wish I was born back then or something, I always say, somebody will say like, what do you think you'd be doing if you were born back then or something? I'd say, I think I would be dead because <laughs> I probably would have died in infancy. That was probably, that was the most likely, uh, or I would have died in childbirth by now um, because that was also <laughs> extremely likely. I'm very happy to be alive when I am. <laughs> Oh. I was saying that to my girlfriend. I was like, I wish we lived back then, but then we would probably have four kids. You'd probably be dead already and have a third wife. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just facts. <laughs> There's a great book on that um, called Unmentionable. It's by Therese O'Neill, I think. And it like it's it's this really funny thing where it, like it takes you back to the Victorian era, though not Regency, but. Um, it shows you like all the diseases, all the things that you have to do, all this like misinformation about like health and makeup. And it's like one of the best things I've read. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think I was reading, I, I, I was reading about like in Persuasion, the dad is obsessed with like his looks and he's constantly applying Gowland's lotion. Oh. And and it's just like all the stuff they would put on their body was just so harmful to you. Poison. Yeah, just poison. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, I mean, we wouldn't have known any better. No, <laughs> definitely not. Um, I oh, I know that we've talked about this a little bit, but we, we saw from your stories that you recently went to the UK. Did you do any Jane Austen tourism? And did you love it? <laughs> I wish I could have done more Jane Austen tourism um, because my husband's from the UK. The visits are, this was the first time we got to um, visit his family since um, the pandemic. So it was mostly a family visit. Um, I did try to sneak in a trip over to Stanage Edge, which is where 
um, Kira Knightley as Elizabeth Bennett is standing at the edge of a cliff. Oh, um, yeah. I've been there before, but I was like, this would be great content, but like, it was just like not enough time. So we oh. went to stand at the bottom of it. There's a picture in the background, but I was like, this isn't good content. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I've been to, um, before, you know, I started Jane Austen meme, I'd been to Bath. So um, before I'd been to Chatsworth, which is used as Pemberley, and I've been to Stana Judge. I would love to, oh, I've actually also been to Lyme Regis. I know you haven't read Persuasion yet, but a very interesting scene takes place in Lyme Regis um, in there. And so that was great to see. Now that I am, obviously, since my account's taken off, I've bec I've gotten like, I'm more of a Jane Austen person than I maybe was before. But um, so I'd love to go. There are some like great um, accounts, um, UK based accounts that follow me. Um, I think like Jane Austen tours Bath follow me. And, mm. and like, um, I know that like, Chawton House and um, Jane Austen House, they, I don't know that they follow me, but they offer these great tours and I'd love to just like go and support, support them as just like a lot of people, you know, a lot of people reach out to me to support their accounts. And if, um, if I think it's on the up and up, you know, a decent account, <laughs> I'm happy to do that. So I, I just love to like give back to those communities that are doing important work, like conserving these Jane Austen houses or offering these tours. Um, I like to show my support. So I'd love to do another trip over there. I'm sure, you know, I get back, I go obviously uh, annually. So I'll have to do something a little more dedicated, a little more focused and take a little more me time next time. Yeah. We'll start a third campaign to get you a job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to campaign people out. It's, it's probably better causes to donate to. <laughs> That's good. Um, okay. We have one more kind of question that I'm, I feel like this is a hard one, but do you have a favorite Jane Austen meme either that you've made or that you've encountered <laughs> that you keep thinking about? I obviously make the best memes. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit of a snob about about my memes. I think um, my tagline on my account for a long time has been highest quality Jane Austen memes on the market. And that's kind of like a vague reference to um, a subreddit about like meme currency. I, I can't remember what it's called, but it's just like treats memes as currency. And so... Um, I just, I joke that I'm the funniest, but I think I am. Um, <laughs> I, I'm really looking at the Halloween couple's costume idea where it's like Mr. Collins and a potato. And I screenshotted that and I think I sent it to like eight people. <laughs> I love hearing that. I don't have a lot of people, Jane Austen fans in my life. So I, nobody I sent that to would get it except for my 25,000 Jane Austen meme friends. Oh, um, <laughs> I I thought that was meme was a good idea. Um, obviously, but on it, I like I do a lot of uh, I do a lot of like thievery in my memes. Um, and by that I just mean like I take ideas that aren't that are good ideas that aren't about Jane Austen and I make them about Jane Austen. So this um, potato meme, for example, <laughs> I I saw it as a Lord of the Rings meme on uh, Reddit where it was. Um, 
Faramir and Boromir's dad, I think his name is Denethor, and the woman was dressed up as like a, a tomato because there's like a very graphic Lord of the Rings scene where like Denethor's like sloppily eating these little tomatoes. And I was like, I know some Jane Austen fans who would appreciate a different version of this meme. But that's kind of what the account's about is like, I just felt like the Jane Austen community was underserved in the meme market, and I just like knew I could fill that gap. So, um, but I would say, like, recently, um, my meme that has gotten the most likes, which I I do really love, is the um, Lady Catherine watching the Olympics from my couch. <laughs> um, if I had ever learned, I should have been a great proficient. Um, <laughs> I think the meme works in so many ways. And it's that the Olympics are happening at the time. So that's, like, an important an important thing where it's just, like, it's current. So, like, the Bernie meme was also, like, good because oh, it was good. just current on brand and it served the Jane Austen world. Um, she's sitting in a couch in this picture, which is perfect. <laughs> and it's just like an iconic line from Lady Catherine. It's something she would probably say. And it's something we all think when we're watching the Olympics <laughs> at some point or another. So it was just like a perfect storm. <laughs> but um, there are some memes that I personally like always love that, um, that don't, you know, that don't always get a lot of likes, but because obviously the most likes are for Pride and Prejudice memes. Most people have only read Pride and Prejudice. Um, it's permeated the culture the most, but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of memes that I just do. I, they're, they're not Pride and Prejudice, but I just think like, it's something for people to aspire to. Maybe it inspires people to read the other novels. And that would, that's just like, that would be amazing if I inspired anybody to read another Jane Austen novel other than Pride and Prejudice. Um, so, like, I like, I'm just scrolling through my account now. <laughs> I love the Sense and Sensibility meme where, I don't know, like, it's kind of stupid. It was just a, it's an office one, and it's like, say hello to Willoughby, and uh, then Kelly's there, and she's like, F me, because it's like the scene in the office where, um, it's a male model. If I can, if I can get the caption to also um, add to the joke, it always, it's always just like an extra punch. That Caroline Bingley one where it's like, this is getting out of hand. Now there are two of them with the girls at Netherfield Park. I love <laughs> this one where it's like, um, this is such an in-joke for people who read the book, but it's like <laughs> Sir Walter in Pride and Persuasion is like complaining about the ugly women in Bath, smiling at him as they pass. And it's just like, fits so well I don't the in my very first like spurt of memes I ever made I had this like um I have to go way back but I had this sense and sensibility meme where I like this was my first attempt at cropping where I like cropped Marianne's head into this old man <laughs> that was like I guess I'll die when Willoughby leaves and I thought that was the funniest thing I'd I'd ever seen in my life it did was nowhere near like the most popular move on my account people were not that taken by it but I was like <laughs> smitten with it and um and so I don't know I just felt it really read into like the melodramatic teenager yeah. um uh but after that I actually started making my memes a different way I stopped using Mimatic and I started using this app called Pocket Procreate um mm -hmm. where uh it just like I it doesn't like um 
tag Mematic and I can just copy and paste more things. I'm not as dependent on like their rigidity, but yeah, sometimes I just like, I do kind of an obscure meme just for me and for, uh, for the, for the deep cut fans, but you know, having like memes get reinforced by popularity is always like very rewarding as well. So I, uh, the popular ones, some memes, I, some, like, some memes I, I'll post and I'll be like, this isn't funny. And, <laughs> but I need to post something or else people are going to think I died. And, uh, and then it'll get like a bunch of likes and I'll just be like, I guess I am funny. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely funny. <laughs> it's the best. Okay. I think it goes without saying, but whoever's listening, go follow Jane Austen on Instagram. It's really Literally. worth the follow. <laughs> It was the bright spot during my first wave pandemic, and it has continued to be a guiding star. <laughs> I'm happy to be here, and I promise if you read more Jane Austen books, then you can just go back into the account and see the memes. I do apologize for any spoilers you're subjected to. Um, <laughs> I have, I will, like... When I read Pride and Prejudice, it was fun to see the memes and then read the book and then make sense out of the memes <laughs> as you go along. <laughs> Like, oh, I, I get this now. Awesome. Like the Mr. Collins potatoes thing. <laughs> That's like, like just not... wait till you get to Mr. Collins and his potatoes. And I'm like, yeah. what? what? Austin was one of the people who I send your screenshots to all the time. And I always, I'm like, I send it directly from the account to you. And then, like, once he finally started reading it, I was like, it's all going to make sense. <laughs> it'll, <laughs> it'll all come together. I remember when I first started, too, I was like, I, I like Mr. Collins. He's funny. And then about, like, two days later, I was like, no, scratch that. <laughs> I had that experience with my husband as well. He'd like say something and I'd be like, oh, just you wait. But I didn't I didn't want to like give it away. I was like, I want to let him enjoy his first experience with the story. I did try to do something with my story highlights or no, it's not in my story highlights. It's in my link tree where I tried to like separate my memes by book and organize them by chapter so people could follow along. But I, I haven't figured out a good way to do it. I've like put them in a Google hosted slideshow. And I just like when, even when I click on them, it doesn't like, it's not super responsive. It doesn't always load. So I don't know that that's the best way to do it. I ended up taking them down because I thought they were more trouble than they were worth and people weren't using them. But then somebody DM'd me and was like, what happened to those slideshows? <laughs> me and my book group were really enjoying going through those as we read. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like. You know, you just, you never really know. I think what I think what I like things I do, like taking things off a of link tree, don't, you know, nobody's looking at it. It doesn't matter, but people are on there and that's always what's most touching. I mean, and also like you mentioned my Redbubble account. Um, so I, I like, I don't even know. I, I, I haven't done a fan art in a while, um, but and I don't even know that anybody needs a Redbubble red of Jane Austen content. They do. But my friend, my friend had told me about Redbubble and related to architecture. And she was like, we could put um, just like our content from architecture on there to, and just put it on these things. And then you get a little bit of a, like a cut of it. And um, I, I tried that, but like, you know, it, it wasn't, it was so obscure. It was just like only a couple things were on there. But when I started doing these, I was like, I think I could put these on Redbubble and it's fine. You know, I got, I think I have almost every character on there, which is great. 
My biggest seller, which is shocking, is Colonel Brandon from Sense and Sensibility. Wow. He, has, he has like a cult following of <laughs> <What>? women. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I read Sense and Sensibility, and to be honest, I was like, oh, Willoughby girl. I was devastated when Willoughby turned out to be a villain. I never warmed up to Colonel Brandon. I was like, I was just like, you know, I was young, and I was just like <laughs> obsessive. Um, but, you know, people love Colonel Brandon. He's very devoted. He's very loyal. Alan Rickman, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, wow, he, he's a big seller. Um but it's it's fun. I it's nice to just have it on there. Some people ask me for like, some people will be like, oh, you have this character and this character, but you don't have this one. Could you do it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Not a, that's fine. <laughs> Honestly, like, you would think like once you get to twenty five thousand followers, you get a lot of DMs and you can't possibly respond to all of them. And a lot of people when they DM me, they'll be like, I don't know if you see your DMs. I do. I see them all. <laughs> I don't get that many. I think we have like an amazing community. Jainites are just like an amazing community of people. You don't get that many um, like people who are cause red flags. And so everyone's just like super nice and polite. And so if you send me a DM, I'll, I'll usually respond if, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I love the, I love the group and I love that I've like, created a place for these people to connect with one another and just like joke because like I said like the most important part of Jane Austen to me is almost like the the comedy and the keen observations and people and like the keen observations on people are like what what is the source of her comedy and so I just think these these memes are just like right in the vein of Jane Austen's sense of humor um and so for people to be able to come together and connect not just on like the surface level romantic aspects of things, but also just like her wit and our wit together as um, it's just like so rewarding. And I just feel like it makes it be about more than just like us being a woman in a romance. It just makes it be about like us being like intelligent, smart, witty, clever people who are just like enjoying it together. That's amazing. That's like the best summary I've heard. <laughs> well, thank you for this. Um, we have one final speed round, if you're okay to go for it. Absolutely. All right. We can all do answers with this one. I was thinking, Sophia. Okay. All right. Um, question one, who is the most underrated Bennett sister? Oh, my God. Uh, I guess, I guess if we're saying that, um, Jane and and Lizzie and Lydia are highly rated already since they get the most screen time. Then we're really only talking about Kitty and Mary. Yeah, I liked Kitty. She was fun. I think it, I think Kitty's the most underrated. I, to be honest, like I'm not that taken with Mary. A lot of people are like Mary stands, um, but I think Kitty, when she has some time to develop her own um, personality, she's going to be really like a great probably just like a you know a great girl you know look how Carrie Mulligan turned out she played Kitty in 05 and she's just killing it <laughs> killing it I mean Tallulah Riley's doing well as well but I I think I think Mary's a bit of a wet blanket and um, I I'm not sure she I'm, I'm I'm more interested to see what happens with Kitty but if you are interested in um, what happens with Mary I think there is a book called um the other Bennett sister written mm -hmm. from Mary's point of view I haven't read it, but I would like to because 
even though I'm more interested in Kitty, I, I'd love to read the book. Thank you. Sophia, your pick? I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I always want to hear more about it. Yeah. Kitty <laughs> Club. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. What is the best Jane Austen film adaptation? We've already started this controversy. <laughs> At the beginning, when we talked about the great 2005 1995 dilemma. You said Jane Austen film adaptation. You didn't say Pride and Prejudice film adaptation. Oh, just, All right, oh. I'm going to sidestep the controversy and oh. I'm going to say uh, Emma 2020 was just magical. But uh, I also want to give a plug for Love and Friendship, the adaptation of Lady Susan. Also just my mom, my mom knows I'm a Jane Austen fan. She texted me. She's like, have you ever seen Love and Friendship on Netflix? It's really funny. And um, I was like, yeah, I've seen it. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know it was Jane Austen content. So I just want to let everybody know if you're out there looking for more Jane content. It's a very good adaptation. Starts stars uh, Kate Beckinsale. Austin, any preferences? No. No, I haven't seen enough adaptations <laughs> to weigh in on this one. I think that I'm going to stir the pot as well and delve into the 9505 controversy. And I'm going to say 2005 too, because the musical score. Oh my God. That's still on my phone. It's killer. It's so good. <laughs> I think they're just two different things. One's a miniseries book, loyal book adaptation. Oh. And, and you know, what I've always said about the two adaptations is, um, I know this is supposed to be a fast round, but here I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, what I think, what I think the miniseries does a great job of is give making Colin first Darcy extremely unlikable in the first half and making and completely turning him around and making him very likable in the second half. I just think that portrayal of Darcy is um, really true to the book and really effective. Oh five obviously is what made me fall in love with Jane Austen in the first place. So it's always going to have a great place in my heart. It is only an hour and a half film. So you're not going to get as loyal of an adaptation, but I love, I love Matthew McFadgen and, um, and Keira Knightley in these roles as well. Like Matthew McFadgen, like when you watch him in Succession or some of his other stuff, he's not that much of a beefcake, but when you watch him in Pride and Prejudice 2005, yeah. he is just like his eyes, <laughs> like my heart. I don't know. It's amazing. So it just speaks to what a good actor he is. Yeah. And the only thing is, though, you know, like, contrary to the miniseries, you, I never hated him in the movie. Like, he was always, he was always, he's very likable in, in the whole thing. He does come off more as shy than as pompous. Um, and so that's just, like, a little less true to the book, that portrayal. But I didn't love it any less. I feel like whenever we talk about, like, 9505 in my friend group, it's always the hand flex versus Colin Firth getting out of the lake. <laughs> like that's all it comes down to. Handflex is so good. I mean, I listened to, I've listened to O5 with the director's commentary on. Oh. And so I was just like, I, I loved, uh, Handflex is so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's the best. Oh. Um, the next one. Okay. The worst guy in Pride and Prejudice. And then a second part or in all of the books, who is the worst? 
the worst guy in Pride and Prejudice? Yes. Um, <laughs> I guess it would be, you know, between Wickham and Collins, I guess. But I feel like there's really no parallel for Wickham. You know, like, um, Collins, he's like, you know, not right completely, but he's like doing what he thinks he's supposed to be doing yeah. <laughs> um, under the guidance of her esteemed patroness, Lady Catherine yeah. Berg. Um, but, uh, Wickham, he's just, he's just bad, bad. But in all the books, um, God, a baddie, the baddest, baddest guy. I, I still hold that the some of the worst villains in Jane Austen's books aren't the men, but are the women. And I think that um, for me, the worst um, is between Fanny Dashwood, the um, the sister, the sister-in-law of the Dashwood sisters in the beginning of uh, in the beginning of Sense of Sensibility, and and uh, Mrs. Norris in Mansfield Park, who is. Um, just a very mean aunt. <laughs> um, and I have to say, I think if you want to see a true villain, you got to read Mansfield Park and uh, and see Mrs. Norris. People people think, you know, Willoughby versus Wickham is the chief crisis. But I have to say, you never met a woman as a uh, you never met a woman as cold as Mrs. Norris. <laughs> the men are the men tend to be pretty aloof. I have to say the male villains, they seem to be mostly driven by like selfishness, but some, the women can sometimes just be cruel. I guess in persuasion, you get into the Mr. Elliot category as well for villains, but I don't know. It's just, again, just driven by greed and selfishness. So there's just like less, com less, it's less complicated, their villainy. Oh, uh, I think, yeah, that was the whole question. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it was a long-winded day. Uh, I would definitely go for Wickham for this one. Yeah, Wickham. Although, like, if we're talking about worst as in most annoying, I feel like Collins is the worst to read through, <laughs> personally. But I think it might just be all the mic dropping of Lady Catherine de Burke. <laughs> I read... um. There's like this one adaptation, the Pride and Premeditation. It's like this YA version. And uh, Collins in that book is just insufferable. And like every three pages, it's like Catherine de Bourgh. And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> but you're He's right. so funny. He's such a golden source of comedy. <laughs> he is. Um, and if you like, I've heard that like a lot of the bits, you know, there's that scene in 05 where Mr. Dar he's like trying to get Mr. Darcy's attention and his arms on his shoulder and he turns <laughs> and Mr. almost hits him. Like apparently like the actors were just like having fun and came up uh -huh. with that on the day. So I, uh, it's nice. I think he, I can't remember his name, but that actor who played Mr. Collins in 05, I, I really enjoyed his portrayal. I, I think he did a good job. And I think he, he saw him in Pride and Pride, I mean, in Pirates of the Caribbean as well. Mm -hmm. He's just, he's all over the place. Nice. He's a good, Collins is a great character. He's a great yeah. character. He's, he's, he, you couldn't, you'd miss him. You'd miss him in that book if he wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, okay. What book do you recommend people start with from Jane Austen? You got to just go right into Pride and Prejudice. I mean, you just got to, if you really want to get someone, well, if you want to be the most culturally relevant, you have to just read Pride and Prejudice. So you, 
and then you understand the references and the main pop culture around it. And then it's a gateway to the other books. You know, you start, you get hooked on it because it's so good. And then you really get an appreciation for the rest of the material available to you. Amazing. Um, okay. Whew. What character do people ask you to meme the most? Or do people ask you to meme anyone in particular? Um, I think I've only ever like gotten one request to make a meme. But I don't even remember what it was. It was so long ago. I think n nobody tells me what to do. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, no, nobody. I would say I haven't actually gotten that many requests for memes. So is there one you like memeing the most? Maybe a character yeah. you like memeing the most. A character that I like memeing the most. Um, I love I love memes about Lady Catherine de Bourgh. <laughs> I like there's one meme where um, I, it's, it was pretty recent. It was another office meme where like Ryan was like talking to one of the characters who was his boss at the time. And he's like, I'm sorry, I know you're my ladyship, but seriously, you need to get the hell out of my face. And Ryan's like Lizzie in this scenario. I just think Lady Catherine's just like a bigger, uh, larger than life character. And memeing her is always a good time. <laughs> so good. Um, okay, who's the best sister in all of Jane Austen? <laughs> Cassandra, uh, Jane Austen's own sister, was clearly the best sister. But um, I would say if I had to choose a different sister, you know, Eleanor is uh, a very responsible, very responsible sister, keeps her family afloat through some tricky times. Obviously, Jane... Um, is a very good friend, good sister to, to Lizzie. Um, I think, yeah, I think those two are probably the best sisters. Amazing. Um, okay, this is simple, but also tragically hard. Mr. or Mrs. Bennett, who's the best? <laughs> I, you know, I, I couldn't believe, so I, I did those fan arts um, mm -hmm. of the characters. And I was shocked at the hate that Mr. Bennett got when I made his fan art. People really think he's a bad father. And I did not ever think that. I, I think um, Mr. Bennett is one of the funniest characters in all of Jane Austen's books. He, his sense of humor is so specific like I can't even believe Jane was able to capture it in a way that all of us could understand because it's so um ironic like how much like his line at, I his line at the end about how Wickham was his favorite son-in-law like with the implication being that purely for the absurdity it gives him like his life is just like such like a hard thing to express and I can't believe how she does it and how he like loves his correspondence with Mr. Collins. I think another great thing Mr. Collins, his role does is helps teach us about Mr. Bennett and um, how he enjoys these absurdities in life. And um, I just think, I, I can't believe what a complicated and funny character he is. And like when he goes against what Mrs. Bennett wants with Marion Collins, yeah. I think Mrs. Bennett is a simple, it's a pretty simple and straightforward character. And I think her motives are understandable completely. Um, but Mr. Bennett is just, there's so much there. 
I just, I can't, I can't even believe Jane Austen, Jane was able to come up with him. I'm so impressed by him. And that's why I would say Mr. Mr. Bennett is my favorite. I think the same. Austin? Hot take. I found Mrs. Bennett very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know was controversial when I told that to you, Sophia, and it's probably not going to be a popular statement. But... She's so overbearing, but in a loving way. She She's just there out of love. <laughs> out of, like, intense love. <laughs> I think she's meant to be annoying. Like, she's meant to be a source of annoyance to Mr. Bennett, like, <laughs> and to all of her daughters. And, you know, she's she's immature you know she she never really grew out of like being into officer being excited about officers coming around like mr bennett knows he married an immature woman um but i i still think that like she wants the best for her family like and she knows that in that time you have to be like willing to make compromises in order for your safety and so in that vein you can you know, you can understand her stress and her desperate desperation to get out of that situation. Totally. Um, justice for both Mr. and Mrs. Bennett. <laughs> I'd like to put that caveat in. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, the last one, um, turn about the room, marry or kill. Uh, <laughs> Darcy, <laughs> Mr. Bingley, and Mr. Knightley. <laughs> oh my God. You know, um, I took that, Sparknotes suitor quiz <laughs> and I got Mr. Knightley as my um Intriguing. as my uh partner obviously I was shooting for Darcy but when I thought about it more critically I was like Mr. Knight Mr. Knightley is like I don't think he's as as explored you know as Mr. Darcy and Emma but I I do think he's like obviously mature and like considerate and observant and thoughtful. So I actually think, you know, maybe they're onto something there. Um, but uh, turn about the room, kill or marry. Was yeah. that <laughs> just, turn around, just turn about the room, insinuate something. Yes. <laughs> for this case, we, we made it a special version <laughs> for you. <laughs> I'll uh I'll put I'll put Golden Retriever Bingley to sleep um because uh the real competition here is between Bingley and Knightley let let's be clear about that and that's if do I go with my heart or do I go with um Sparknotes' quiz I think I, I have to stay true to uh, I can I have to stay true to the Lizzie Bennett and me and pick uh, Mr Darcy to marry but I will. Love to take a turn about the room with uh, Johnny Flynn's Mr. Knightley. Excellent. Excellent choice. What about you, Austin? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't know who Knightley is. <laughs> He's a stud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's also a very rich, handsome man uh, okay, okay. from Jane Austen. <laughs> Austin's like, tell enticing. me more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill Knightley only because I don't know enough about him <laughs> to make that commitment. That's fair. That's fair. And then I'll take a turn about the room with Darcy and Mary Bingley. Not oh. the order. Not the order I expected. But you know what? There are quite a few Bingley girls out there. 
Yes. Bingley was boring, I found. Bingley <laughs> was sweet. Darcy forever. <laughs> new, t- new t-shirt idea. <laughs> so we'll get a fourth hashtag. Okay. <laughs> well, that was amazing. Um, Cassandra, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you online? You can find me at Jane Austen meme on Instagram. Uh, I did make a Twitter um, because somebody asked me to once and I frequently forget about it. So I wouldn't um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect much from my Twitter account, but you can follow me at Jane Austen meme. Thank you so much for coming on. This was the best. <laughs> yeah, it, was it was a lot of fun. Thank you. It was so nice to meet you, Sophie and Austin. Um, I hope you read more Austin and um, good luck with your, the season of the podcast. Um, I will be happy to obviously promote it to my followers as well. Um, just whatever you need. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Great.